Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howe. And I'm your co-host, Angie Rogers Howell. So what is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast where we feature awesome women in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Now we'll also feature segments on Angie's journey from good girl to boss and other interesting stories about our family and running a business together. So today, uh, I wanted to bring up this uh, concept of the purity culture. When I was growing up, I heard about this thing. Oh, did you? Yes, and it, it, it bubbles up every now and then. Uh, did, did you subscribe to the purity culture? Oh, gosh, no. No, no. Okay. But the, the, the last one I uh, really paid attention to, I think, was in the 90s, and it all had to do with, like, a purity ring oh, yeah. or something like that. So tell me about the purity culture. All right. Well, when I was growing up, it was in the 80s and 90s. Uh, when this whole thing started taking place, um, where we want girls and boys too, but mostly girls if we're honest, to be pure and chaste and all of that. So when I was a kid, um, True Love Waits was a big thing. Mm. So a guy named Josh, somebody. He wrote a book on it. He wrote right? a book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. So no more dating, no more, obviously, no more kissing, no sex or anything. That, that would be bad. Um, and how he... Before marriage. Well, before marriage. And then all of a sudden... After marriage. All of a sudden, girls are, are supposed off. to know everything about sex and just go at it, yes. aren't they? Yeah, ba- basically. So How's that work? It's kind of <laughs> like a mind freak a little bit. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, you are you spend how many, how many years before you get married? In my case, I was 20 when I got married the first time. Yeah, so we're talking anywhere years, from 18 to 25, 25 26. 30, Whatever, but in Christian Christian culture, tends to skew a little younger. So, like, well, because you're told forever and ever and ever you can't have sex till you get married. Okay. So I found somebody I love, and I want to have sex. So let's get married because we're 20 and we don't want to wait any longer. And because okay. we can't, yeah. nobody like so people aren't waiting until they're 30 because they don't want to wait that long. Gotcha. So anyway, <laughs> spend all 20 years, however long, with everyone saying don't have sex till you're married. Don't have sex till you're married. Sex is bad. Don't be a temptation to the boys because the boys can't control themselves. So holy, don't don't show your shoulder because oh my god, that might cause someone to stumble. So you have all of that time. Mm-hmm. So don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then you magically you get married. You yep, say your you vows, say the vows in front of your friends and family and Jesus and everybody, which is great. And then okay, flip the switch. Now it's time to. Do whatever you feel like. And whenever your husband wants it, you're supposed to want it too because you don't want to say no to your husband. And even recently, I heard this story about this woman where uh, physical sex actually hurts her and the advice back to her was, suck it up, just do, do it. Do it anyway. Like, no, if it hurts, <laughs> don't do it. Uh, I just listened to another podcast last week where some lady, like her husband really wanted to like do something and she really didn't like it. But she was trying to be the good wife. And so she sucked it up and did it and cried the entire time. I can't she, imagine that would be too good there. I can't imagine, like, that would be good for either party involved. Like, I think that's just dumb. So anyway, so never, you don't ever want to say no. You don't want to turn them down. You want to do whatever makes them is good and whatever. So, so yeah. So for 20 years, don't do it. And then after that, you can be a wild freak and do whatever you want to. Within, within reason. reason. <laughs> Not, yeah. But you got in trouble for this. I, I remember some stories you told me, something about a spaghetti strap. Oh, yes. So in my house, modesty was very important. Yes. And so 
uh, sleeveless shirts, sleeveless dresses, those are no-goes. Anything above your knee, definitely not okay. Mm -hmm. um, all that kind of stuff. Definitely spaghetti straps were a no-go. Now, what did you do? Well, this, uh, this now, is where I the good girl goes bad. Uh, <laughs> and my parents are going to listen to this podcast. So we were, I was on a trip with my choir to like Six Flags or something. Okay. And so we were in the amusement park. And it was like July. And like oh, yeah, it's hot. hot. It was hot. And so my friend had an extra shirt. And oh, okay. It wasn't your shirt. It's no. a friend's shirt. No, it wasn't my shirt. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it was my friend's shirt. So I was. she let me borrow it. And it was cute. And it was not like... It was not like a hoochie shirt and mm -hmm. like nobody's, nothing was showing, but it was spaghetti straps. So I wore it during the, to the park and whatever. And we did our performance in like our choir clothes and all that kind of stuff. But so then months later, you know, we had like actual cameras with film and all that kind of thing. So yeah. we got our film developed and was look, I was looking through the pictures and my mom's like, huh, where'd that shirt come from? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and so she she gave me a little bit of a hard time because that's a spaghetti strap and we don't wear those in this house and blah 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 blah. But what's the reasoning behind it? It has nothing to do with you, does it? Oh no, not me. Like it doesn't matter. Like if I'm if I wore it because I was hot and I wanted to be comfortable, that a boy would see it and yeah. could cause temptation. Apparently, my shoulders are super sexual and might cause a boy to stumble. So we don't want to be a stumbling block. The boys can't control themselves, so we need to cover ourselves up. Same thing goes with, you know, uh, oh, there was one time in swimming at camp. We had mm -hmm. a church camp. And one year, it was segregated swimming. So all the boys swam together and all the girls swam together separately because we wouldn't want to tempt the boys. But then, then the next year, we all got to swim together, but the girls had to wear T-shirts over their bathing suits even if we had well even if we had a one piece that covers well, just about everything you still yeah, had to have two pieces were not allowed like you could not go to this camp with a two-piece so you had to take a one piece and then we okay. had to wear shirts on top of our one pieces um but the boys they can go shirtless who cares about that it's fine purity <laughs> rings tell me about those purity what was rings. that all about i never had a purity ring full disclosure but um a lot of things would happen you would um some churches would have like a purity ball. So it was kind of like a prom or like a wedding reception where like the dads would walk their daughters either down the aisle or whatever. Somehow mm -hmm. the men, the dad and the daughters would get in front of the church or the whoever and they would give them, the dad would give the girl a purity ring. And she wears this on her wedding ring, wedding finger, as like a reminder to not have sex before marriage because... Now give your heart away before it's time. Right. Don't give your heart away before it's time because apparently like your dot, your dad's, it's your dad's beard. You are your dad's property and mm -hmm. he has And that dates back to biblical times. Yeah, and, and yes, patriarchy, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, so you are your dad's property and he has to watch over you and watch over your virginity, which I just think nowadays that's just weird. Um, and all that. Anyway. But this all happened in the late 90s. Oh, like, absolutely. this was a big movement. I that know happened. people who had purity rings. I didn't need one because I was a good girl and I wasn't going to do that anyway. But I did sign a True Love Waits pledge. Like, okay. You signed a pledge card. You kept it in your wallet, like where your driver's license was or whatever. Um, and it, that you had pledged to save yourself.
Our guest today is Kendra Haggard of the Career Center at Ball State University. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, at Ball State, I'm the Assistant Director for Student Connections, which really just means I'm a career coach um, in simpler terms. Uh, what do you want to know about me? I, want, about I me? don't know anything about you. That <laughs> you're uh, one of the few people I don't have any background information on or anything. So where'd you, where'd you grow up? Where'd you come from? Well, I grew up Hagerstown, population oh. 2,000 happy people. Yes. Um, well, to be fair, my address growing up was Greensfork. So points if you've ever heard of that. Uh, we do know oh. that. Oh, yeah. So uh, our 14-year-old goes to Hagerstown High School. And so I am, and in fact, after this meeting, right around 2 o'clock, I'll be taking off to go to Hagerstown to pick him up. Yeah. So, but he uh, used to also live in Greensfork. So oh, okay. We yeah. traveled those roads quite a bit. Yeah, all the Amish country. Yep. I've, I've got yep. a ton of photos from that area, and it's great. It was yes. part of the Tri-County uh Book we put together. Yeah. Yeah. He takes their pictures when oh, wow. they don't know. Like they, yeah. yeah, we had shirts made in high school for anybody that was from Greensburg that said the 886ers because that was like our, all our phone numbers. Oh, started. okay, yeah. It was like a distinguishing, like, oh, you're an 886. Like we were below everyone or something. Yeah, we had uh, 468 up there in uh, farmland, Parker City. Uh, but Winchester had a different one. It was like 584. I was Alexandria. It was 724. Yeah, 724. 724. So. And did you guys grow up like when we were kids... Like, you didn't have to dial, like, the whole 724, blah, blah, blah. You could just dial, like, the last four numbers. Or, like, four, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we five numbers. Five uh, numbers. The last digit and then the four four digit. No, number. we had to dial the whole thing. And to Hagerstown was long distance. Oh, what? Yes. Which, oh. <laughs> and I had to wait till after 9 o'clock to call my boyfriend on my mom's cell phone when I was in <laughs> junior high. Minutes, yes, right? when it was three minutes. <laughs> I, I We had the three minutes, too. But, yeah, I didn't have to call. I I don't know where it was long distance, but but then when I moved to Dallas, I moved from you know Alexandria where you only had to dial five numbers. Dallas uh, was so big that you had to dial all ten, like the area code and everything, even to dial next door. Oh my god! Yeah, so no. weird. Anyway, sorry, we digress. So you came from Hagerstown. Yes. Uh, I graduated high school there. What'd you do after that? Um, I went to Ball State. Okay. So loud and proud, I guess. Went to Ball State. I did work around here for a while, and then I moved away for a little bit, and then I came back. Well, where did you move away to? Um, I actually moved to Texas for a short time. Oh, okay. Um, What part? Oh, we were in Harlingen. Which is on the border. (laughs) Okay. So, do you know where South Padre Island is? Mm -hmm. Somewhat close to there, but that's where we were. I moved um, with a guy I was dating. Okay. So it obviously did not now, work out. Now, <laughs> now, Padre Island there that used to be uh, like MTV uh, party party place, right? So, yeah. Was it was it when you were there? We typically avoided it during okay. those times. Um, <laughs> and honestly, the winter was the best time to go because in the summer it was so hot oh, it wasn't yeah. even enjoyable. So what do you do there at the Career Center for? I know you're a coach, mm-hmm. uh, a, a employment coach, right? Career coach. So tell me what that entails. What's that all about? So helping students figure out their lives post-graduation. One, helping them articulate the skills they have now and put them together to help them figure out how does that fit for my future and then helping them decide on a major and find a job or an internship. What what were some of the jobs you did up until landing the Ball State job? Yeah, so when I moved to Texas, I got lucky because the company I was with, I was able to move to um, Texas. I started out here in Muncie, and I moved to Texas with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Oh, okay. And then when I came back, um, I worked for a for-profit college. Um, Great experience. Would not do it again. Um, And then I got a job at Harvest Land Co-op. Probably was the 
best job because I ended up marrying a farmer. Okay. So it made me a little bit more um, resourceful for him. So you know all about uh, the fertilizers yes. and the big trucks yep. and all that I worked stuff. in the Yield Pro department, so I had to learn all about, um, you know, application and that whole application process for oh, people. Oh, yeah. That sounds very exciting. I, I used to enjoy going with my dad in Parker City. We went to uh, Randell. Yeah. And yeah, we, we'd order, oh yeah, we need this and this and this, and they'd, they'd bring it out and spray the fields down and all that kind of stuff. So See, Not me. I, I mean, I grew up in the country, like I grew up in the farm fields in Alexandria, but to me it was just magic. I don't know. So the, the, <laughs> the farmers plant stuff and then, oh, boom, we have corn. Okay. Well, that, that was me. Great. I grew up in the country and that was as country as I knew until I met my husband. Yeah, and now he's, he's a farmer. Right? He is a farmer. Okay. He farms ground and he has show cattle. Okay, so, here in Delaware County or Randolph. Where? Randolph. Oh, is yes. It? We live in Modoc. Oh, okay. So You're south of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we move from one big city to another. And you kids? Yes, we do have a baby. He'll be two in February. Oh my gosh. Not so much a baby anymore. I know. Nice. He's a toddler. Fast. Yeah. It's fast. It's fun though. Is he talking? He is. And he talks a lot. Yeah. He gets it honest. Um <laughs> My husband and I fight over time to talk to each other. Like, there's been times I've been on the phone, I'm in the car with my mom or something, I've been off, and she's like, are you guys okay? And I'm like, yeah, we're fine. Like, he just doesn't give me a chance to say anything. <laughs> What's something you wish you had known way back when that you know now? Um, I would say probably how to network and what it truly meant to be a professional. Okay. So when What's I look, that mean, anyway? So when I look back <laughs> on me, you know... 10 plus years ago, I'm like, I was a wreck, you know, professionally. <laughs> and I think now when I teach students, you know, what does it mean to be a professional and how right. should you act? Like, that's what I think about the stuff I wish I would have known. And it's some of those like unwritten rules mm -hmm. that um, you're judged on in your profession, you know, like that are looked at. Not the things like, I know I should do this, I shouldn't do this, but thinking mm -hmm. about some of those other things that are typically not written in a job description, but can hinder you from getting a promotion. Okay, and that, examples of that? Um, I would say one thing, like conversation, like things I should probably talk about or not talk about in oh, front okay. of outside constituents, or just how to ask for jobs to do, versus just waiting for someone to hand it to me, knowing how to, hey, ask for more work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and feeling more comfortable doing that. What are some of the hurdles you've had to overcome in your career? Um, I think some of the biggest hurdles of my career is changes because okay. I have been some different areas. So I started out in sales. Um, I enjoyed it. The hours are longer, so that was more difficult. There's a lot of customer service there that makes it difficult. And I worked my way up. I moved you know, on my own, so I had to take a demotion worked my way back up, and then if I moved back and stayed with the same company, I would have taken a demotion and move up again. And I'm like, I can't do it. Um, so I had to take a few jobs in between to figure out where I really wanted to be. And I had thought about higher ed, it just took me a while to get here. So sometimes I feel like if I would have went on this path in the beginning, I could be so much farther. But realizing that that only made me a better person because I have those other experiences. And that's a common theme we've been hearing uh, doing these interviews is uh, you, you start out with this one path, but life happens life and, in the way. Yep. You kind of and you end up roundabout some other area and you're fine with that at this point in life. So. Yeah, because yeah, all those experiences make you the person you are today. Like you wouldn't be who you are today if you didn't 
moved to Texas and yeah. whatever. And yeah, absolutely. And I stuff. and some of the people that I work with that have only worked in higher ed, I feel like I've got a competitive edge on some of them because mm -hmm. they don't have some of those outside experiences. Now, you mentioned networking, which is a big deal for us as well as, uh, as we're trying to grow our co company and things like that. You've had to do that over and over again, whatever career you've had. So talk about that a little bit. What... Uh, what is it about networking that uh, that you enjoy or, or that you would have some advice on? With networking, it used to be something that scared me. Um, but I think getting involved in different organizations, it's definitely helped me. I think the first like connecting event I went to with my past supervisor, it was like we walked in the door and he's like, all right, see you later. You're and I'm like, like what? what am I supposed to do? So I kind of just stood there on my phone or kind of hid in a corner, but then started realizing like, I just need to find someone that I feel like we have something in common, you know, and go up and start a conversation with them and remembering we're in this space for the same reasons. And then it was like, once I did that a few times and made it a goal, like, okay, I'm gonna talk to two people at this event. Like it became so much easier. And now I love networking and I love meeting new people and just learning about them and how I can potentially help or connect them with someone else. Mm -hmm. I think it's very scary, like especially if you're a young professional yes. or just entering in the workforce, to to get out there and like I'm in a room full of people I don't know. Uh, that was the hardest part when I started Farmhouse too. Was like, oh crap, I'm gonna have to go out and network and meet people. Um, but I did the same thing. I gave myself homework. I'm like, I'm gonna meet. I'm gonna get five business cards today, and then I'm gonna go home and follow up on them or whatever and that kind of thing. But you know, and knowing her, she had a spreadsheet or something like that. I, I did. Have a <laughs> I did. And I was like, okay, I met them today. Send them an email. Have I connected on Facebook yep. and LinkedIn? And I checked them all off because I'm a nerd. Um, but yeah, it made me want to like throw up the first. I was like, the first time I was, did it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. I'm a dork. But <laughs> well, I always think I'm like, is this what guys would feel like when they want to ask a girl on a date? Like when I was younger yeah. in a bar and they wanted to ask you out, they had that same nervous feeling. I don't know. I was never in a bar because I'm a good girl. <laughs> Super Christian. <laughs> that was definitely not allowed. <laughs> so what's something you failed at but you've learned uh, from that failure? Um, so I've failed at a lot of things. So it's always trying to think of what do I feel like is the most impactful. And I would say probably being true to myself because there have been times in my life that I feel like I've kind of turned into a different person because of my surroundings, and then I have to kind of go back and be like, what am I doing? You know, I think so I've definitely failed at staying true to me. And the older I get, the easier it is to stay true to myself. Um, but when I look back at some of those times, I'm embarrassed by it, but I definitely know it's a learning curve. So what, what gets you uh, excited about life nowadays? I'm typically, I think, a pretty positive person. Now, I'm not one of those like over-the-top cheerleaders by any means. Um, but I'm a morning person, so it's easy for me to get up in the day. Awesome. Um, I share. She does not. <laughs> I am not. No. Um, and I think perspective. So, unfortunately, I've been through a lot in my life, but fortunately I have, and I think it gives me a perspective of realizing, like, how important is this event, you know, and remembering, like, the, when something bad does happen, like, it's just that moment. Like, how long is it actually going to affect me for? Is it an hour? Is it a day? Is it a week? Is it my life? And trying to put that in perspective and I think I can only do that because of what I've been through and that makes it a lot easier just to be positive and not think oh something else bad's happening to me and just kind of moving past it very good uh, what um, what's one thing you've not done yet but you definitely want to do 
before you're dead. Bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> before you're dead, I like how you say it. Um, so this sounds so small, but to take a family trip. And I mean, like, we go on vacations with, like, my family or I go with them. Mm -hmm. But, again, my husband has show cattle. Mm -hmm. And no babysitter is good enough for them. Well, you know, he would leave our son with anybody. But, <laughs> but not um, the cows. Not the no. cows. So I, we have yet to go on a trip with just the three of us. Oh, and so okay. that is my goal is for the three of us to go somewhere and him to just leave work behind. But it's hard. I know that's his life, but leave it behind for a weekend. Yes, so, yeah. go somewhere. Yeah. That was, that, do you have family around the area? Like, we do. It, well, can dad come in and like take, yes, them, take and, over? Yes, and he can. I mean, his dad and him farm together, but okay. sometimes it's just that piece of... Who's right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Because you're talking a whole different culture there. It's yeah. like how late can you work? How far can you yes. go? Um, and if you if you've got your dad there, because I I find the same thing. Like we're out there cutting wood or something like that. It's like, well, I'm I'm tired, but I'm not stopping. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Until, until he says, yeah. oh, all right, we're we're, or, we're going up. Or you're stacking the the hay or straw, and oh, you're stacking it the wrong way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, how would you define your purpose in life? Um, well, I feel like it has taken me a while to figure out like who I truly am. And I think for me, my purpose is to help others be a better them. Um, and I think, I feel like I find myself doing that with the people I work with or the people around me and just trying to help them be a better person for themselves. And so even if I'm just like that person, like to lean on them or hold them accountable, but yeah, I just want to help other people be the best that they want to be. Thank you so much for being our guest. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. And now it's time for another edition of What Angie Hates. And I know this for a fact, and a lot of people do as well, but Angie does not like hugs. You know what I hate? Hugs. <laughs> Just hugs in general. Hugs in general. You are I, not a huggy person. Now, I'm not huggy. I'm not touchy-feely. Now, we are in a town of huggers, though. Oh, yes. Oh, my oh, gosh. They come yeah. out from everywhere, don't they? Yes. And this week, we've had a lot of social things happening. We had a lot of networking this week where there was a lot of hugs. I got so many hugs. And people... No, I don't like hugs. Yes. And that makes you a target. Yeah. And people <laughs> come up to me and say... I know you don't like hugs, but I'm going to hug I'm you coming in anyway. And to that, I just want to say, I know you don't like getting punched in the face, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like, <laughs> <what do> you... <laughs> so so we have this thing now uh, called the side hug. Yeah. So tell me about the side hug. Well, the side hug goes back to the kind of purity culture and things like that. Like, you know, we're women we, and girls back in the day. We don't want to cause any boys to stumble. So we can't like give on full on front to front hugs because that would mean my girl parts would squish up against you and that would be and very boy parts, bad and, and the boy just, parts and that would be bad that's temptation that's too much temptation <laughs> we can't have that so we have to have side hugs so side hugs are you know where you go into the side and kind of go pat pat like on the side or whatever okay. uh, so nobody's front parts are touching it's only side parts although i mean if my shoulders were so bad they can't be covered then my they have to be covered my shoulder is also touching you during a side hug, but, you know, whatever. But it's not as bad. But it's not as bad. So, yes, we have to have side hugs. Um, one time in my youth group, we had my pastor's wife 
um, and teach the girls about side hugs and we like how to give a proper like, side a hug. Proper side <laughs> hug. Yes. Um, and why we don't want to give front hugs and blah, 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 and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So we, and we had to practice on each other giving like side hugs and everything. So maybe that like contributes to why I hate hugs because mm. I had, when I was 13 years old, I had to learn how to give a proper side hug and not like cause any voice to stumble. So that might have something to do with it. Besides the fact that I'm just not touchy and peely and I don't want to get a hug. Um, I will hug my kids. I will hug my husband sometimes. Very often. <laughs> um, what, but I don't want to hug. One of the greatest t-shirts she has in her arsenal right now is a uh, cactus that says free hugs. Right. But so. people don't read it. They just see free hugs. And, then and they go for it. I had a random lady <laughs> who, I mean, I know, I like, I've seen her at networking things before. So I like, mm-hmm. I know who she is. But she saw me at the post office and said, oh, free hugs. And leaned in and gave me a big old hug. And I was at the like, post office. At the post office. I had letters in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and she gave me a big hug. And I'm like, can we not do that? Our guest today is Carrie Whistle, and she is Outreach Coordinator at CADMA. Tell me what CADMA is. CADMA. With an CADMA. M? CADMA, yes. CADMA, CADMA. Okay, tell me what it is. Now, it stands for something. It does. Center for Advancement of Digital Marketing and Analytics. Holy cow, that's a <laughs> mouthful. No wonder you <laughs> yeah. call it CADMA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do you do there? It's just me and my boss, Eric. Okay. You've met Eric before. I believe so. You both have, yeah. Um, basically I do all of the backhand stuff. So he does all of the classes and the education as far as students go. And then I do all the event planning, all of the community outreach, all of the administrative stuff. I try to help with funding, sponsorships, basically whatever he can give away to me. He does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you also did the, uh, uh, the annual report this past year. I did, and you guys printed it for me. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much. I thought it looked really nice. It looked nice. I did, too. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you come from? How'd you grow up? That kind of thing. Yeah, so I am from uh, Springport, Indiana, which is about 20 minutes south of Muncie. Okay. Uh, teeny tiny little high school, Blue River Valley. You know Blue River because your son went there. That is he right. He's a couple years older than me. Oh, I thought you guys, like, graduated together, but no. I think he's two years older than me. Oh, okay. I thought for sure they were, but I think, well, he, I think was he was one two. year older. No, two. Two years older? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I know what you got. Well, he might have been two two years ahead of you because he skipped That's kindergarten. Right. Okay, then yes. So, yeah. but uh, I graduated from there. Fifty-two students in my class. Um, but it's a super tiny school, a super rural community. I hung out at a bait shop. A bait uh, shop. <laughs> that was the place to hang. I'd oh, right there on the, the by the Summit Lake. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. I know where you're I'd talking. I'd run around about. with all the crazy country boys, and we would hang out at the bait shop every day. <laughs> How'd you get yeah. to Ball State then? So Ball State was actually my backup. Oh, what <laughs> yeah. was the first plan then? It was IU. Oh gosh. Okay, I actually I shouldn't have said it was my backup, but I accidentally clicked that I was a felon yep. on, <laughs> <laughs> on my application to IU, and so they said no. Uh, so you got turned down because you were a yeah, I guess. Felon. <laughs> But you didn't click felon on Ball State. No, I did not. Or did you? And they were like, yeah, come it's on fine. in. It's <laughs> fine. So you end up at Ball State. What What was your major? I studied marketing. Okay. Uh, it was great, yeah. Now, after Ball State, you worked someplace else, I, I think. 
Yeah, so I actually, I did an internship at the YWCA. I was doing an internship with them. It was social media marketing, and then I was also doing a visual merchandising internship at Finish Line. Oh, okay. Because I was a fashion liner at the time. I didn't work out. <laughs> and then, uh, so Caitlin Winkle, yep. who you've interviewed, mm-hmm. she was my boss, and halfway through my internship, she's like, I'm actually going to take an opportunity with Meridian Health Services. And in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do for the rest of my internship? But I'm like, yay, you know, that's great. And our boss at the time, Nancy, called me into her office. was like, why should I hire you for the job? And I was newly 22. I had not graduated. <laughs> I don't know. In my mind, I'm like, you definitely should not. But I gave her my pitch because I was, you know, I had a lot of interviews for internships and for post-grad, which was going to come up in six months. And so she hired me on the spot. And I was terrified and super ready to fail at it, but it worked out. And so when I graduated in December, I stuck around and I've been here ever since. Nice. Very cool. And that's when we first met you is uh, at the YDub when you were yeah. interning there. So. Yep. What professional organizations have you been a part of? Um, well, I'm still pretty involved with the YDub. Uh, I'm actually, I just got put on their board of directors. Oh, nice. Within the past two weeks. Oh, okay. But before that, I was still pretty involved, helping Kat kind of get into her role, which was mm-hmm. the role that I was in beforehand, um, and on, on a couple committees. But I'm officially on the board of directors. Ooh. Very good. What about Muncie Young Professionals? Are you a part of that group or were? I am. I was on their board. I'm not anymore, so I'm just a member now. Um, but I'm on the board at Cornerstone Center for the Arts, which is really fun. Um, and then I'm on a couple committees at Colonel Greenway. And I'm an ambassador for the Chamber of Commerce. And, oh, I just did 100 Men Who Cook for the first time. Oh, ah, yes. What'd you make? What'd you make? Uh, so I was supposed to only do, I was supposed to help them with digital advertisements. But I got really riled up and I was like, yeah, I'll cook. And so then I got super competitive and I was all about, <laughs> like, raising all the money. But I made a uh, crab, a seafood bisque. Basically, okay. it was just crab. But, yeah, I won my category. Nice. I know. I I went to Hunter Men, and by the time I got over to your side of the room, you were sold out. I didn't even get to try any of it. It was just like while I was making it a little tastier in there, but I guess it was good. I don't know. That event is great, but the catacol nature of it makes me crazy. I'm like, can we all just all form orderly lines and Mm -hmm. just be nice and pass it around? But that's just because I am like a crazy rule follower who Mm -hmm. does not want chaos, and so then I'm like... Straight chaos. Uh, it's chaos everywhere, but that's okay. But it was really fun. I think I want to do it every year. Granted, it's awesome. 100 Men Who Cook. And yeah, and you won your category, so... There was a lot of dudes that were like, why are you doing this? I'm like, I want to beat the dudes. And they're like, that's a terrible reason to do it. But <laughs> now I'm just stuck with it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to win. Now, you're an avid biker as well, and we don't mean motorcycles. What do we mean? Bicycles. Bicycles. You've biked at night. You've done uh, all kinds of uh, fun stuff night, around. you like, in the cold just a few yeah. months ago, right? so much fun. I wouldn't say I'm an avid bicyclist or cyclist. Yeah, cyclist, I should say. I'm really not. <laughs> I don't ride that often, but I ride for fun. I need to get into doing it more of like a fitness thing and riding long distance. I am on uh, Muncie Power Products bike cycling team, I guess. Yeah. Cycling team, not biking mm-hmm. team. Is that yes, with Damon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he, he's a he's a serious biker too, isn't he? No, but he like goes on like sixty mile <laughs> trips. Like, I tap out at twenty, and that's on like a crazy plan day. Yeah, I'm uh, I tap out on eight. I don't want to bike around <laughs> our country square, so which is like oh yeah, God. that's four four that's miles. Four miles. I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> 
Mine's more of like a let's leisurely ride around and end up at a brewery. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> that's nice. So, and you got plenty to choose from here in downtown Monza. You sure do. Tell me some of the hurdles you've had to face. You're pretty young, so I'm going kind of that angle of you probably had some hurdles you've had to overcome. Tell me about one of them there. Well, I guess one that just like popped in my head would be people not taking me seriously because of my mm-hmm. age. Um, it doesn't happen that often, so I appreciate that. But I guess the biggest thing for me personally, and it's good for me to talk about it, is um, I'm an adult. I have a professional career. But at the same time, I'm young, and I want to be a degenerate with my friends. <laughs> and so, like, finding that balance yes, and figuring out, you know, like, hey, I want to put all of my energy in really – thrive in this professional setting but also I want to go out and stay up all night with my friends finding that balance and also I guess just like figuring out who I am and where I want to go and who I want to be and what I want to do it's not something that I've overcome but it's something that I'm dealing with yeah and that's one reason why I wanted you to come on gone boss because when I ask you you're like I don't know if I feel very boss like or whatever because you're I wanted that other perspective of someone who is in the workforce and is a professional but is also wants to have fun and whatever and all that so um there's plenty of old people who are degenerates too like, yeah I'm sure there's all kinds of professionals who are yeah you see most of them at the breweries you right see them at the oh, and <laughs> golf courses and all kinds of stuff so i mean yeah i think there's this cool. there's this big myth that people have it figured out in their 30s and 40s and and really most of the people i know they don't have a clue right they're they're still trying we're, to figure out what they're going to be when they grow we're up we're all still right. trying to figure it out i think and i'm coming to i'm coming to learn that because i ask a lot of people like it's something i really struggle with because I, on one hand I feel guilty, but on the other hand, I'm like, I'm 24, you know, I'm <laughs> I mean, you might as well live it up now while you can, because right. one day you're going to have, you know, bigger responsibilities, bigger, responsibilities ca- you know, bigger careers, kids maybe, or whatever, or not, mm-hmm. all that, and then... Now, we, I can actually say, I think you're an abnormally in the, in the grand scheme of your, your peer group and things like that. Like, when you came onto the scene... You got everybody's attention. Whereas sometimes I think uh, young people, they just kind of, you know, come in a little under the radar. But you were like over the radar. You're like, I'm here. We're doing this. Let's go. Um, Let's get things done and exactly. have fun at the same time. Mm-hmm. So so I think you're a little bit different. And I think that's that's why we even have you on the uh, the podcast today. Well, because you, you are a boss. Thank you. You're a boss. I would like to think life. so, too. Actually, I'm going to be completely honest. I knew you were doing this podcast. And I knew a lot of the girls or ladies, women that you were interviewing. I love those gals, you know. Like, <laughs> I love and respect those women so much. And the day that you emailed me, like, highlight of my week. Oh, yay. Seriously, oh, I was like, you. that's amazing. I'm in the same, I guess, category as all of these people that I want to be when I grow up. So. Well, very good. You're already on your way. So what, uh, what gets you excited about life nowadays? I get excited about anything. I mean, like, I had tears in my eyes when she emailed me, so I was, like, stoked. But um, I guess kind of the uncertainty of every day, that excites me. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. I don't know what I'm doing The variety year. of life. Yes. Okay. And trying new things. I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie. Like, that kind of ties Well, that in. goes into my next question. Yeah. Uh, what, what haven't you you've done yet that you would like to do? Sure. What's on your bucket list? So, this is actually my favorite question to ask other people so you have to answer after I answer 
Okay. But the number one thing on my bucket list, and this might sound just like really silly, but I want to swim with a great white shark. Any reason? Like, are you going to be in a cage while you do this? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, They're just my favorite animal. (laughs) I've wanted to do it since I was a little girl. Um, So, yeah, that's the number one thing. What's your number one thing? Not swimming with a shark, that's for sure. But more power to you. (laughs) I don't even want to watch sharks on TV. Um, I want to travel. Like, I want to go to New Zealand or somewhere far away. Um... With or without my kids, I don't know yet, but uh, <laughs> maybe without, because it might be more fun. But uh, yeah, I want to travel and that's a do good cool shark spot. I know. I don't. <laughs> no, I don't want sharks. How about so, you, husband? So mine, based in reality, is to go back to Hawaii. We got married in Hawaii on ten ten ten, and so I want to go back and and uh, and relive that place. And then uh, you know, if money was no object, uh, I probably uh, want to go over and visit Germany. So traveling over there to uh, the European countries, Germany being one, just because it has a, you know, the world wars were over there, all that kind of stuff. So I like to experience that. Me too. I'm actually pretty German, so. All right. Yeah, German and Irish. So I would like to go to both of, both of those countries. It seems like everybody's Irish. I think the Irish yeah. just got around a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Well, let's all make a bunch of money and then we'll all then go we'll together. All together. Then we can just travel. And around. you can bike around while we're driving. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> On the wrong side of the road. <laughs> What do you do to maintain a positive attitude? I think my number one thing is that I surround myself with positive people. Because I, I can be a grump. I mean, genuinely, most of the time, I am super happy and in a good mood and very optimistic. But I can be a grump. I'm sure both of you have witnessed that. <laughs> um, but if I'm not, I can't fake it. So yeah. I have to do a little bit of self-reflecting and uh, kind of snap myself like, you know, bow, bow. Carrie, get out of it. <laughs> what are you even mad about? Uh, but my number one thing would definitely just be the people that I spend time around and relying on them that if I do kind of get in a funk or get in a rut, they can help me back out and make me realize that there's really nothing for me to be upset about. But, I mean, as a person, I don't know. It just comes natural. I don't even know why. You guys should meet my dad sometime. He's kind of a grump, but <laughs> somehow I just got this real perky gene. Uh, what would you tell uh, other young people that, that your peers and things like that? What's, what's some of the advice you give them after experiencing what you've experienced? I think my number one thing would to just be uh, involved. It takes very little effort. Like, I don't know why I came up on the scene and caught attention, as you said. I don't mm-hmm. know how or why that happened. But I just knew that I wanted to get involved if I was going to live here. This wasn't my plan. I thought I was going to run off to Colorado the day after I graduated. So I found myself here, and you might as well make the most of it. If anyone has anything bad to say about Muncie, then they're just not experiencing it in the right way. They're not putting themselves out there. Uh, Just get involved in however way that you can. Make as many connections. Network as much as you can. Have as much fun as you can. I think that's it. I think that's my equation. No, that's good. That's what I do. I always say, people who say there's nothing to do in Muncie are not, they're not looking. They're not looking at all. If you would look just a little bit, you'll find really cool things to do. Mm -hmm. Just like minimal effort. Yeah. It It doesn't doesn't take a lot of looking. And didn't you just get back, or not just get back, but didn't you go travel? You had a big trip. Yeah, I took myself on a trip for my birthday. I planned it for like a year and a half. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Um, I went to Amsterdam, uh, London, Paris, Barcelona, and Rome. Wow. That is a trip. With a bunch of strangers. That's How'd it turn out? 
That was awesome. And you made friends along the <laughs> Yes, they're such yeah. good friends. So. Do you keep in touch with them even now? Like six months later? I do, yes. Okay. Via social media, but yeah. yeah. Social media makes every, everybody connected now. What'd you, uh, what'd you bring back from that trip? Meaning, uh, what, what was unique over there that we don't have over here? The first thing that pops in my head, I guess, would be in Spain. And I think this happens in other countries as well, but definitely in Spain, they shut down for several hours in the middle of the day and like go to lunch and hang out with their friends or go home or drink. Siesta. Yeah, or do whatever they want. Yeah, and then they come back to work and finish all the day. But that's interesting. We're so like, work, eight. Yeah, eight to five, eight to five, nine to five, that kind of thing, so. I think actually in a lot of Asian countries as well, they take a couple hours in the afternoon to chill and relax and really? nap and stuff. Yeah. Oh. Like Maybe my, I made that up. I don't know. Sounds like my kind of place. I'm going to say, we should down. try this. Like, I could be down. So I was prepared for you to ask what my biggest failure was. Yeah, what's your biggest failure? Well, I don't have like one single <laughs> event. I, I mean, I do have this one single event, but it's, it's we don't need to talk about it. But no, no, that's go okay. ahead. You, Give us okay. the event. When I was new at the YWCA and we had our first big event and I was the organizer of it, put yourself in her heels. Yeah. I went to Indianapolis the night before with Caitlin. Uh-oh. And I said, I'm staying. I'm hanging. And I was with her friends. Yeah. No, I was, they weren't even my friends. I was like, <laughs> I'm staying. And she's like, it's going to be so funny when you don't wake up in the morning. And I'm like, it's a terrible thing to say. Anyways, I wake up an hour after I'm supposed to be there in oh, no. Indianapolis. Oh. And on my ride back, I'm like, how do I break my arm really quick? <laughs> <laughs> do I purposely wreck my car? Like, what do I do? So that was probably my biggest professional failure to, at this point. You but, missed your own event. Well, she didn't yes, miss. and my she whole late. entire family was there volunteering. Like oh, my no. grandparents. Yeah, <laughs> it was not an awesome day. But um, but what I was going to say is that I, I make little failures every day. So I hit snooze a lot. Yeah. I hit snooze for two hours this morning. Oh my gosh! I'm a tentacle. I've done that before, though. I mean, it's not a, it's not a crazy thing or anything. It's I'll grab just... a burger on the way home when I have plenty of food and my fridge. You know, we bought pizza on New Year's Day, which is like the day that like everyone's like, I'm gonna start eating better. We're like, let's order a pizza. Yeah, we were like, felt eh. that. I did the same exact thing actually. <laughs> no, but this was really fun. I'm super excited to listen to all of the interviews. Make sure you follow them, you guys. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And th- thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're also on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to wherever you find your podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week and find out who has gone boss.